Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard, and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. Welcome to another edition of the fifth and last NRL podcast and jumping straight into news and plenty. There is young Jordan Kahu, the Brisbane Bronco, is wanted by the Sharks. The Broncos are facing a tough time with them on the hunt with him looking for probably some more regular team football. So we're going to have to wait and see what eventuates with that situation. Tyrone Peachy, for those of you Shark fans out there, they're facing a bidding war again with the Panthers, the Sharks to retain his services. It's said that they've got him in first grade now, scoping him out before they make an offer. Uh, in re-signing news, Brent Tate re-signed for one more year with the Cowboys. Ryan Morgan, Mitchell Allgood re-signed two-year deals with the Parramatta Eels. The New Zealand Warriors have re-signed Ngane Lamapo, the centre, for two years. And four of their younger players in Saliba Harvili, Albert Vete, David Barner and Fitella Mariner for one-year deals. So they're obviously trying to build with their youth from within. The Newcastle Knights have re-signed David Farlogo for one more year, Dane Gagai for two years, Robbie Rocco for three more, and are said to be in discussions with Alex McKinnon, who they're looking to re-sign very, very quickly before anyone get their hands on him. And they're also in contract negotiations with Corbin Sims, who is being chased by the North Queensland Cowboys, obviously looking to get the trifecta, already having Tarek and Ashton up there. Uh, it's said that Newcastle has more in the kitty, but if North Queensland go after him, they're likely to push out Glenn Hall and Dallas Johnson to make a bit more room. Uh, on North Queensland, Robert Louis has also re-signed a one-year extension. And unfortunately for Cowboys fans, Matty Bowen will be facing four to six weeks on the sideline after knee surgery. Uh, suspensions to come from the round. Sam Burgess is likely to miss one game for his supposed crusher tackle. David Shillington and Cooper Cronk, the other ones, obviously cleared, as always happens around this time of the year at Origin. Most things are overlooked. Uh, Matty Moylan, two years, has re-signed with the Penrith Panthers, so great news for them. Still hearing, obviously, that they're after Peachy and maybe even Kevin Naguama. Luke Walsh on Panthers has signed for two years, confirmed today, with St. Helens with an option for a third year, so he's finally on his way out. Uh, on the Super League, on other news from the Super League, Gareth Hock, supposedly coming to Parramatta, looking to renege on his deal. They say personal reasons, but we're hearing it's Salford City Reds offering big money and him not too keen to come over now. So if this happens, it's not only Hock, but Papali prior to that. Cameron Smith is said to be trying to end his career at the Melbourne Storm. They've begun negotiations with him, but he has come out and said that it's very tempting to go back to Queensland. So the Storm may have to fork out and put everything in place to make sure he wants to stay, especially uh, talk of him being a future coach. Maybe that's a carrot they can dangle in front of Cameron Smith. The Panthers are still after Peter Wallace. 
Uh, said to be a three-year deal worth anywhere up to near $1.5 million. Don't know what everyone else out there thoughts on that situation is, but I'm pretty happy if I'm the Panthers with Isaac John, and you've obviously got Seattle coming out that Walsh is going, so see what happens there. Michael Henderson has been released from the St. George Illawarra Dragons, uh, citing a lot of small injuries and niggles. He said that he no longer feels fit to play at the top level, so he's going to return back to park football. Joe Nullivell is going to retire at the end of this year. What a great servant he's been to the game. He's obviously had a, a season-ending and career-ending injury with an Achilles that snapped. So thank you, Joe, for all the memories. On Melbourne, also re-signings. Junior Moores and Brian Norrie are facing struggles to re-sign with the club after cap pressure. Norrie's been chased by a few clubs, and Moores is most likely to end up in the Super League if he cannot stay here, as Melbourne can't meet the required amount of money. Sonny Bill wants up to a million dollars from his manager, Coda Nasser, coming out. The Roosters are trying to weigh up whether they can afford to pay somebody one million dollars while many back rowers on the market go for about 400 through the same job. And in origin news, the most important thing of the week, three debutants for the New South Wales Blues, Blake Ferguson, Andrew Fafita, James Maloney, and now Sutton, John Sutton, or Reynolds, Josh Reynolds, with Kurt Gidley being out. And for Queensland, Chris McQueen, the lone debutant, Cherry Evans on standby for Jonathan Thurston, Josh Papali on standby for the forwards who may get a debut, and maybe Justin O'Neill for Darius Boyd if he's out for a debut. But that's all your news. Welcome to the fifth and last podcast. Alrighty, starting things off with the fast five as always. Our highlight, low light, best player of the week, worst player of the week, and the question of the week. Uh, the highlight for me this weekend, the two punch-ons, absolutely outstanding, uh, as I've said a million times before. Bit of a purist, love a bit of grub. Cade Snowden and Russell Packer throwing a few stinkers, and uh, Dane Tills, he didn't hold back. He thought Watmau's going to eat, so I'll eat first. He threw one, and Watmau punched the piss out of him. So. <laughs> as the old, uh, the, uh, old Steve Waddell, my old footy coach, used to say, uh, he used to say, boys, when you get to the buffet, make sure you eat first. Yeah, <laughs> eat first. Yeah, it was the same when... Uh, same sort of thing, old Dane Tills uh, and uh, Anthony Watmo, they uh, ripped into it. My highlight was just the Super Saturday in general. I thought uh, the Panthers-Dragons yeah, game, it was a really good game. Glad to see the Panthers on the up and up. Uh, the Storm, I thought they were the better of the weekend, uh, beating the Roosters. And then the other game was a bit of a bludger of a game, but a tight one in the end. And uh, the Manly Seagulls got the cash. Yeah, well, low light for me was uh, Paris defence, full stop. They conceded 12 line breaks, which is absolutely ridiculous. Most weekends when a team's only won by, say, you know, 30 to 12, they're lucky to concede five to six line breaks. But 12 yeah. line breaks is disgusting. Or Week oh. to week, I know they're still building a roster and it's going to take time, but I heap to be to praise on saying that their attitude and their effort was good. But on the weekend against uh, your mob, who haven't exactly been great of late, that was disgusting. Yeah, well, I thought it could have been my highlight. But uh, for Parramatta fans, it's... Uh... We probably we probably set it for weeks and weeks now. It, uh, it's a reoccurring theme, so I'm not going to bang on that drum. My low light was uh, last night's game. John Sutton was chinned, mm. uh, chinned in the head, went down, was clearly uh, dazed, rattled. Uh, the video referees had a look at it three or four times, didn't give South the penalty. I think uh, if South would have got that penalty, it obviously would have put, it, put them in uh, good field position in attacking raid. Uh, instead, uh, they played the ball... And uh, the Rabbitohs were actually penalised off the ball with the ball in possession, so it was just a huge turning point in the game, uh, from my perspective. And I, I just thought it was a real low light. The uh, the video referees 
probably dropped the ball a little bit over the last uh, you know fortnight to a month. Yeah, well, I had refs inconsistency, but I left it because uh, I've been bashing on the last few weeks and it doesn't seem to get better. Just yeah. like you over saying that Parramatta's defence is poor, so we're a bit uh, alike there. But yeah, uh, My best player of the week, I could separate two players. First one was Albert Kelly. Uh, for me right now, he's the buy of the year, especially on money terms. They got him on the absolute minimum wage. You know, they've had to upgrade him now, but yeah. as yeah. far as what they pay him, 180 metres as a halfback. He made Hayne look like a fool. Uh, he's constantly on the ball. He supports. He's very active. And my other one was Andrew Fafita, for obvious reasons. 60 straight minutes after coming off the bench, 200 metres, 40 tackles, and 11 busts. The guy's just a weapon. Yeah, he was excellent last night. Really stepped up. Uh, I probably said three weeks ago on the podcast that I thought he, he probably wasn't ready, but on form, I'm, I'm glad we're starting to look at blokes and pick blokes on form. Uh, my player of the week, Robbie Farrar, on uh, Friday night. He was sensational for the Tigers. Led him to a big win. Uh, I know they probably got a couple of lucky calls and uh, you know the Cowboys were hard done by in some parts, but I think he's closing in on Smith um, in terms of the influence that he has over teams. And uh, I had a discussion with a few people this week that um, if he's going to you know, lay case to that mantle and, and try and take that off Smith, he needs to dominate Origin um, head-to-head with Smith. Uh, I can't wait to bring it on. Now, my worst of the week, I'm going to say Sandow. Ten misses. I, I do like the bloke. He is a good player, but at the same time... He's pl- a good player. You're playing in the NRL. He, <laughs> you can't miss ten tackles. I know he's only a lightweight, but there's well, plenty of smaller blokes that throw their weight around. Should they drop around. him? Well, they can't drop him. They've yeah, got no they've one. Got no one exactly. He's a good player. I'm not doubting that at all. But at the same well, time, he's been in for a couple of years now. His tackle technique's still poor. He doesn't get in front of he's people. He's only too. But you have to come up with something. Yeah. They have. If Worst case, they've got to do what they did at the Roosters for a while there when they brought, I think it was Pierce or someone coming to grade, and they said he was too small. And they sent Moza and a couple of blokes at him at the time when he was a young fella and mm. bashed him up. I don't care what it takes, but he has to be better defensively because 10 misses, he was half the reason they got the 12 line breaks. Could uh, Parramatta do a better job hiding him in the defensive line? Yeah, well, that's half the other problem. They don't really have the, the greatest side in the world. But no. Could you put him he, on a wing? Nah, not on a wing. No. Most of the wingers are big in the front row these What days. about um, at fullback? Defend well, see, that, that's your other problem. Jared Haynes not, probably can't catch Jared it. Haynes can't not catch the kind of bloke that's going to come up in the line and probably want to take that role. Mm. My dunce was Greg Inglis. I, uh, I posted that on the Facebook page last night. He was a passenger in that game. I mm. didn't think he had a Cotton go. Ball. Um, it was just really strange to see. And it's it's not me writing Greg Inglis. I love him. And he's been the, my player of the week probably. Mm. Uh, and he's uh, leading the daily Out of the 10, 10 or 11 weeks or pods we've had since the season's kicked off, he's he's been at least my player of the week three or four times. Uh, but this week, he, he deserves that one. Uh, that was very poor. I thought the game was there to be won last night for South. They needed their key men to stand up. And uh, unfortunately for South, English, you know... From from his perspective, he only needed to chime in once or twice. But that's the thing. He was in dummy yeah. half at the end there. He let most of the kicks go to merit, even though you could say they kicked away from him. Yeah. Where was he, though, on the returns? He wasn't getting out of dummy half. He wasn't having carries. No. Uh, when he did get the ball, he didn't run it back. So, well, let's hope that yeah. form continues into origin. The Dallium leader, he, he should step up and finish that game off for him there, but he didn't. Yeah. Uh, last week's question. It was, was a popular the, one last week. It was, yeah, it was pretty good. In the wake of the drawn game between the Storm and the Eagles, did you think that the current golden point system was working? Yeah. Uh, we got four votes. Oh, sorry, I'll change that. We started 31 votes. Was no, scrap golden point and go back to a straight-up draw. Yep. Five was the second lowest, which was no, golden point should be unlimited time to get a winner. 43, and this is the one that I voted on. I, I wouldn't have worded it this way, but at the same time, no, too many field goals bringing golden try and unlimited time. I'm more for just the unlimited time. 
Uh, and, you know, a try sounds more reasonable to me than a field goal. But Yeah, yeah but that's yeah. why it's, you know, yeah. too many field goals. It's just, it just turns into, we'll try and get to the 40 and have a snap yeah, at a field a goal. It's crap. But, uh, and I'm, I'm a fan of the drop-off rule. We had a few people comment that in there, too. I don't like it. Every five uh, minutes or so. But... I'm a traditionalist. I... I just think uh, if you're going to have a field goal-a-thon, when the scores are level at the 75th minute, it's a field goal-a-thon anyway. Mm. Well, so it, you're just extending the game basically for 10 minutes. Here's, so. your, mo- here's your most telling thing, though. Four, like the draw. four was the lowest amount, and that was, yes, I'm happy with the current system. So obviously oh. we're not alone in that. The total amount of votes against it yeah. right in front of me is 76. Mm. Oh, sorry, it's actually more than that. It's 78 votes. Yeah. Against Golden Point. To four. So that tells yeah. you, you know, I know, we're not exactly the biggest medium. We're not the Daily Telegraph or Fox yeah. Sports, but out of a thousand something people on a page and getting almost 90 votes, and you get that many people saying, yep, we yeah, don't it like it, that, that says enough. So yeah, it does need to change. And uh, a lot of the other bigger media outlets did pick that up during the week and were discussing it along uh, similar lines. And uh, the general consensus was obviously that it needs to be changed or needs to be looked at. Uh, this week's question, we've got a, a little bit of a promotion this week. Um, heading into State of Origin Game 1, who do you think will win and by what margin? Uh, obviously, New South Wales 1-12, to 12, uh, New South Wales 13+, plus, Queensland 1-12, to 12, Queensland 13+. plus. Now, uh, the little promotion we're going to run is that if you uh, select the uh, right team and the right margin, that pool of people, we're going to draw someone out and they will win a signed New South Wales jersey uh, signed by Big MG. So... Obviously, if you're a Queensland supporter, you're probably not that excited about that. But, uh, you know, it is something. It's, it's a free giveaway. Um, two, only two conditions. One, obviously, you have to pick the team and the margin. The other is you have to have liked our page. So get across, like our page, um, and, yeah, put yourself in, in line to win that. Get a jersey from one of the most psychopathic blues of all time. <laughs> Bloke loved dishing out a bit of punishment. Yeah, but, if uh, you're a Queenslander, you can maybe use it as an effigy and burn it. I don't, I don't know what you want to do. Whatever with you it, feel so. like doing with it, feel free. Yeah. If you're on a toilet Dance paper, in the spirit of Wally Lewis. That's your choice. But all I recommend is if you do choose to use it in that manner, don't send a photo to MG because the bloke probably will hunt you down. <laughs> but, uh, on that, that's the fast five for this week. Get onto that question. Uh, get involved with the draw and. Uh, Good luck to everyone who enters, and hopefully you pick the margin, and hopefully it's a Blues win. Yep. But uh, that's a fast five, so we'll jump into the reviews of the weekend's matches. All right, jumping straight into the reviews of the Friday night games, starting off with the Tigers and the Cowboys. Seven-game losing streak over for the Tigers, 22-20. to 20. Uh Controversial in some people's eyes. Neil Henry himself obviously wasn't quite happy at the end there. They were denied three second-half tries, and they, they definitely weren't happy about the Benji Marshall try being given. But in watching it, to be honest, in the end, I'm not too disappointed in the result because watching it, they got a few opportunities, and they, they took advantage of them. Robbie Farrell obviously did the job, but the Cowboys just looked the same as always. They had plenty of opportunities, but couldn't come up with nothing. Well, I mean, what do you take out of it? Do you take out that uh, the Cowboys were just... Rubbish, or do you take out that uh, the Tigers were good? I probably I'd like to focus more on the positive. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the Cowboys have been struggling for the last couple of weeks. That's nothing new. Uh, the Tigers have been struggling, but um, we should all we should all know this by now. Whenever they go to Leichhardt, and I had a few Tigers fans during the week tell me they go to Leichhardt, they're a different team. Uh, the rain, I think the rain was a level up. Yeah. It uh, you know really narrowed the field and allowed Robbie Robbie Farah who. At times during that game, was playing nine, was playing seven, was playing six. He was running around ball playing. He could not do more for that side. Uh, he was by far and away for me the standout player in this game and the difference uh, in the end. 
when we look at that trial that you were talking about, the Benji Marshall one, what did you think? Well, for me, I've only just seen the replays today. I actually didn't get to watch that whole game. Mm. Uh, I got to see the most part. Well, at the time, I... but when I watched the the drag and then the regather, to me, it looked like he had control. Like I know a lot of people aren't happy. No, but... I, I didn't think it was a trial. I watched it live. I had six sherbets under my belt. Um, you know, so it's probably not the best time to uh, be asking me. But I, mate, I, I didn't think he he had control of it. Andrew Johns in commentary was adamant uh, that he that he had control of it and, and scored. I thought he controlled it with the ground, if that makes sense. I, I thought for it, me, yeah. it looks like it's close to the ground, but he scooped it forward with his hand. He's got his other on it. He's planted. I'm all for the, the more the downward pressure one was on that bothered me last week, last year that they could separate and then get back on. To yeah. me, he had a hand under it. He didn't separate. He got it to his other hand and he grounded it. It was very close, but yeah, at the same that's, time, that's the thing. Like we've got two different opinions. Yeah. Uh, we're fairly close in terms of our uh, and, you know our views on the game, and, and we've got a different. But opinion much the same as we just said, though. Andrew Johns was adamant. Peter Sterling was the complete opposite, and so, so was Ray Hadley. Ray Hadley at thought the same it wasn't time. a try. So, and also just going back before, dude, barring all the controversies, though, Neil Henry had a bit of a bite, which is you know fair enough. He's got right to his own opinion. They'll deny three in the second half, but at the same time, they got a try off a charge down, which was a pretty lucky result in the end. Yeah. Scott Bolton almost bombed it, I think, and then he, he grubbed it forward and Sims scored. That was actually a classic And then draw. Sims got another one off a drop. So they're yeah. two scrappy tries they didn't really earn. I know where, where the footy... Well, there was another one where one, uh, Ash Graham, I've seen them awarded, uh, the try in the corner where yeah, he stretched well, out. You couldn't really tell whether it was a try or not. But That's, that's another that's one. That's pretty. I, I was pretty close when I watched that one a few times to thinking that was over. But at the same time, I don't think he's got too much to complain about. No, they're they, just going like busters. they got a few scrappy ones. They're under the pump and they're about to lose a couple players and Matty Bowen's going to be out to four to six weeks now as well with a knee injury so Clint Greenshields hopefully he'll bring a little more stability I think because uh, Matty Bowen well, hasn't probably, exactly been going so good Matty, Matty Bowen. when I saw Matty Bowen was out I was you know they're playing the Titans this week I was disappointed yeah, well, it definitely was a sign of wet weather footy 31 errors in that game but yeah pretty much what you said before Farrah two try assists absolutely influential yeah. Aaron Woods, very unlucky to miss out in Origin. 160 metres, 40 tackles. Yeah. Your, your two typical ones we bring up every week. Everyone's probably sick of hearing it, but uh, you know it's not rocket science. Those two blokes are the heart and soul of that team at the moment. Benji, didn't think he was uh, too key to anything. I thought Curtis Sheeran actually had a pretty good game. Mm. And, uh, well, I'm not, I'm not like you. I'm not real big on the stats and uh, metres and all that sort of stuff. But for me, the, the incredible stat for me was that uh, the Cowboys had 10 more sets with the ball than what uh, the Tigers did, and the Tigers still managed to win. So it just tells you how, uh, you know, or just puffy and, and uh, puttering, or sorry, stuttering the uh, Cowboys' attack is, is that they had 10 more sets with the ball with probably, arguably, the best half in the game. Mm. Um, you know, before a ball was kicked this year, he was the best half in the game, and they, you know, couldn't... You know, if that was last year... Jonathan Thurston blows that game wide open with 60% possession. Mm. Uh, this year, different story. Mm. Oh, well, I don't use my... I've made 100 more tackles. I don't use my stats, though, if someone's made a 90-meter break and he's had five carries, you know. I use yeah, the n- numbers I, after, I I've, after I've watched a game. But those two blokes, you don't have to be a rugby league expert to watch a game of football and need to see the numbers to see that Aaron Woods and Robbie Farrow have carried that team all year. Yeah. Uh, I was also impressed again by the young winger, Nofaluma. I thought he had a pretty good game. Young Sao Su, young front row on the bench. He had a good contribution as well. So that has been a positive. I know they had a seven-game losing streak, but a lot of young blood has come through. And uh, that, that's going to be a big positive for them going forward long-term because they're definitely in a rebuilding phase, is what we said. Cowboys, not too much to be said. Sims got a double. Tamiya Scott, typical, got over their 100-meter mark, laid the platform, but otherwise, around the outside of them, there wasn't too much going on. Uh, probably Winnerstein, I thought, had a pretty good game in the back line, but besides him... 
very clunky, stop yeah. start. Tarek Sims is coming mm. good. Yeah, no, it's good to see after the bloke had such a bad injury, but yeah, not not taking too much out of that. Just happy to see the Tigers get a win and uh, big positive after such a rough trot to Mick Potter. So good on them. Yeah. But moving on to the second Friday night game, the Dogs versus the Broncos. Another one of these games that you look at, they got pumped the week before and then they got back on the winners list. The Dogs got up twenty four to fourteen over the Bronx. Uh, just you know, small things in this game for me were just the Broncos again seemed to look at stages like you know that they didn't quite know where they were going. Their forwards were doing a job, their backs were doing a job, but in the halves again, it kind of looked a bit disjointed. At the end of the game, though, I was actually quite impressed by Wallace. I thought that was one of his better games, even though they had a loss. They had some opportunities. They didn't exactly capitalise on them due to Benny Barber saving two tries, but I thought it was a game where he actually stepped up, saying Prince wasn't there and he needs to take control with a bloke like Hunt there. Yeah, well, that's right. Um, I just The Broncos, they probably got closer than what I thought they would in this game. Mm. Uh, I expect the dogs to run away with it, but um, you know the weather, again, probably played into it being a little bit closer than what everyone expected it to, to be. Uh, the dogs, they're coming good. And they have been for a couple of weeks, so uh, you know nothing really surprised me here. Uh, Broncos, I don't think they'll make the eight, and I do think uh, the dogs will make the eight. So um, you know, and now dogs are heading into a period where they're going to, uh, you know, they're only losing Josh Morris, and the Broncos are going to lose probably four of their, you know, they're probably their four best players. So really tough period for them coming up. Yeah, well, just small things again. Wet by the footy, it always tells missed tackles and errors. Uh, they made six more errors than the Bulldogs, and they missed fifteen more tackles, but. That wet weather was definitely suited to the massive forward pack that the dogs have, and it showed. Cassiano got a, a barge over try, and I thought Ennis was really good at a dummy half, made 44 tackles and grinded his way away. Uh, Aiden Tolman, James Graham, ridiculous, 100 apiece, 180 apiece, sorry, great defence, and that's where they won the game. As soon as it got into that dirty forwards battle, you could have almost pulled out your wallet, grabbed every cent you had, and be guaranteed that the Bulldogs' big boys were going to get the job done in a, a pretty straightforward bash well, the, thing the, that, the thing that sort of shocked me was that uh, a couple of tries the dogs scored were just barge overs, mm. um, just straight off the, the dummy half, crashing over. Um, if I'm Anthony Griffin, I'm filthy with that. I, I want them to, uh, especially in wet weather, you want teams to execute their attack um, with as many passes as possible before they score. Uh, and, you know, Canterbury just basically ran their big fella straight over Brisbane, which for me was really, really strange. They seemed really wide around the ruck, the Brisbane defenders, and uh, I think they really could have made that a, a much tighter game if they didn't give up a couple of soft tries. But that was a difference in the end for me. Mm. Well, Tim Lafayette is a great replacement in the centre spot for Chris Nino. I thought he had a great game as well, and that, that just shows the kind of depth they've still got, even though everyone thought they were going to be shedding some quality players. They've got some good kids coming through. Uh, Barber, close to back to his best. Like we said, the, the two saves are a good try early on and uh, a 70 metre run we haven't really seen him find much space this year sliding through the defence so. yeah well he's he was always going to take time with everything that happened uh, you, you know you, you can't expect that not to have an impact on a young kid it's also maybe a little bit of the um, not second year syndrome but having the pressure of everything that he did last year winning the Dalian medal uh, it's not easy to just to jump back on the field after four months out and reproduce that kind of form, especially with all the expectations. So uh, I think he's now probably getting a little bit more help from his halves as well, which is he's going to help him in the long run. Mm. Well, for me, the, the forwards at Brisbane usually the most consistent players, especially Parker and Fido. Uh, special mention to Parker, massive game on Friday night. I thought he was the he best just, yeah. of a beaten bunch. But for me, I'll tell you, the two most consistent players are on that side every week. They're in the back line. And they've both got reason to be showing this kind of talent. 
is Corey Norman and Josh Hoffman. Josh Hoffman, since he's been stuck on a wing every week, has just been jamming the ball in at a dummy half. He's super involved. He definitely wants to get that fullback jersey back when Norman leaves at the end of next year. And Corey Norman, every week, seems to just chime in with a nice little moment there that makes you look at him and go, how did Brisbane let this bloke walk out the door when they've got no one to replace him with? Yeah, that's right. Exactly. He, he's exactly. classy in the back line. When he runs the ball, sometimes it looks very casual, but everything he does just looks easy. I... I... I can't disagree with you. I cannot disagree with you. Yeah, but um, those two for me, tries and assists. And isn't Josh Hoffman in a real crappy spot? Because, I mean, he probably did nothing to deserve getting the flick from the fullback spot. And he'll, he'll go back there next year once Norman goes to Parramatta. So. Well, it was that ball playing ability that they were after. Yeah. But I'm just happy that he didn't go to the wing and suck about but that it. then comes, about, uh, comes back to your halves. I mean, that, that just shows you how poor their halves are going um, and obviously what the coaching staff think of their halves they, they don't have that attacking potency they had when Lockyer was there well that's why I'm raving about Norman because when he goes next year to Parramatta Jared Hayne can be that player at the back so mm. the quality he's shown linking around from the back and pretty much being that guy every week that finishes their movements off yeah. I'd love to see him and Hayne together with a decent forward pack hopefully for the next year open up a bit of space those two in particular mm. with their ball playing ability could turn out to be you know absolutely outstanding but Definitely. Good on Josh Hoffman for sticking it up the coach and getting metres every week and proving what a great player he is. And Jordan Carhu, the Sharks are trying to buy him. The young centre, I thought he again showed a lot of class and why he's now in first grade. Yeah, so. and he's only going to get better. Mm, exactly. But moving on to that Super Saturday and what a great uh, round of games it was. Kicking off with the Dragons and the Pennies. 19 zip to the Panthers. They were up 18-0 at half time before the wet weather really kicked in. But fantastic football played by the Panthers. I thought they... Really got over the top of the Dragons' boppers early on. Nigel Plum, Adam Docker, these kind of no-frills players. They just bash up in defence. Uh, great in attack. Tim Grant as well, playing really, really good the last couple of weeks. But especially in defence, they were under pressure a few times and they forced errors. I think they were the reason more so. The Dragons had a lot of ball early on and a lot of opportunities, but 16-8 the errors were, and a lot of that can come down to Panthers' defence. Well, it can. And, uh, you know, the $5 that I got on the Panthers for making the eight now starting to look you know, a little bit better than what it did, obviously, uh, four weeks ago. But uh, Ivan Cleary would be more impressed with the zero, not the 19 points that they scored and not the fact that they, uh, they won the game. I know defence has been a huge, huge thing that uh, you know this new regime has, has banged into Penrith because that probably ref- reflects your attitude, reflects sort of the culture of the club. Uh, and man, are they turning up for each other in defence at the moment? And that's that's what's getting them over the line. Uh, obviously, the fact that Dragons attack—it's not the most potent you're going to come up against in the NRL. Uh, you know, they lose a lot of close games in in low-scoring games of Dragons. Um, but I mean, hasn't Luke Walsh turned the corner since he uh, since he you know yeah, well, was released his, his to go? Deal with Saint Helens is confirmed now. Yeah, and today, he's just so. playing as good as you know he's got. Two- we've ever seen him play in a Penrith jersey, apart from probably the year they finished. What they finished second and under yeah, well, Matty Elliott in 2010 and, and went bang bang out the back door. He, but, he's got help now though. He's got Moylan at the back, who's a former five eight and a good ball player helping out. And Isaac John takes the ball to the line, which is something that Luke Walsh doesn't do. Yeah. So. Well, he's got two players up. around him now that open him up a little bit more because yeah. he's more of an organising uh, type of player and a kicker more so than a bloke who's going to take the ball into the line and put himself at risk. But for me, it's Penrith's left edge, which is John Robinson, Lewis Brown at the moment. And on the other side of the field, you've got Travis Robinson, Reese's brother. He's fantastic. I think Matt Robinson, uh, I, I said Moylan. at the start of the year that uh, I thought he was... Should've I couldn't understand why he was in the side for the first sort of month, you know. But uh, now he's in there. 
he's going to have to get injured to uh, lose his spot. Well, Same as Travis Robertson. This he's is what I was just about to say. Uh, Josh Mansell killed her on the weekend for New South Wales Cup. He's their best player before the injury. Yeah. How, how does he get back in? Well, I, he gets I, I said to you, lose. you want him to go back yeah, in. Yeah. I want him to go back in. But even Dave Simmons, like he's, I don't think he's the greatest player in the world. But even he's been playing outstanding. So yeah. Well, he gets as in far as I'm lose. concerned. Same with yeah. you. Until there's a loss, you and pick I, a winning side. You stick with the winning side. I, I can't really, I can't really see one during this Origin period. Though I thought when we had a look the other week, well, buy this they looked like they had a pretty good draw. Then they got the considering tigers. they're probably not going to lose anyone. So. Buy Tigers. So. That's a real moving period for the Panthers. They're obviously not going to fall out of the eight in the next fortnight. So. Uh, they're going to turn headed for home in the eight. And who would have thought that they'd, they'd be anywhere near the eight after mm. uh, you know a couple of the performances. But since they uh, towed Parramatta up on that Monday night, things just seem to have uh, you know snowballed from there. It just it's funny what confidence um, does to a football side. I, you know that even that win over Melbourne, it was a really really ugly win. Melbourne were well off the game, but win the it, win. it counts for a lot now moving forward. So the other one for me, Captain Courageous, Kevin Kingston. Oh, is, he's, he he, bur- he burned them for a moment there where one person shot up, he got through, offloaded. He also made 52 tackles. So yeah. for a bloke who's just been told, we don't want you anymore. Well, yeah, exactly. What about the situation he's in? Um, uh, to be told that and um, play the way that he is, it's uh, a credit to him. On the Dragons side of things, they did their best to take Dugan out of the game and credit, full credit to him. He still made over 200 metres, nine busts and a line break, even with all the pressure. They put him, I thought he was solid, not outstanding, but he didn't get too much help. Uh, besides that, I thought Merrin was good, as usual. Got a couple offloads, over 150 metres, 40 tackles. DeBellin, I really like Jack DeBellin off the bench. He come on again. They didn't get too much out of their benches, but uh, he had some starch and defence. He was giving it back to the Panthers as much as they were giving it out. And yeah, I, I don't know, all around besides that, I thought Fiend and, and Saud again looked a bit... Disorganised and lost. Cammy King and uh, Mitchell Rain didn't get too much going in that wet with the football. They're both blokes that like to get out of dummy half. And uh, Wayman, these kind of blokes, not really a great night for them. Penrith really ramped up the defence, and I think that's why they got their result in the end. Look, and I think there's a clear line between uh, the sides that can win the Premiership and the sides that are also runs, and I think these two are also runs, so uh, I wouldn't be too upset if I was a Dragons fan. Yeah, well, probably the only downside to Penrith's performance for Ivan Cleary was uh, Luke Walsh not being able to kick a field goal until right at the end. <laughs> yeah. he, he hit every person well, in the crowd in the post the, besides uh, finally kicking one. but The fact he had the chance to snap so many just... Uh, shows you, you know, how good of a position that Penrith were actually in towards yeah, the end of the game. The game is gone. We all know, though, a try and wet weather football is virtually two tries. So yeah, you look exactly. at that 18-0 and that kind of weather, that's almost a 30-zip win yeah. when you look at it. So moving on to the second game, Roosters and the Storm. Obviously, I'm a very happy boy. Three weeks is a long time for a Storm fan to go without a win. So after what was almost going to be a month, I'm very happy, 26-18. to 18. Uh, it was 18-12 at half time. I was kind of disappointed because we got 12 on the board really early. Looked really energetic. And uh, I was sitting there on the couch thinking it's not very often this year that we've started quick. We've generally been playing from behind and getting the job done. But to be up 12-zip, I was thinking a bit of uh, old school storm. I thought we'd really march on from there. But we were 18-12 at half time. We let the Roosters back into the game. And, you know, that, that was our own doing. But also their good work. And uh, end of the game, 26-12. Got an early one in the second half and got a penalty right near the end there when they scored with about two minutes to go to wrap it up. A lot of people were unhappy. People keep complaining about the penalty count being in our favour, but the penalty count was even. Uh, Roosters made some errors. There was a Billy Slater knock-on that a lot of people called. That's all well and good as well. I'm I'm happy with you on that one. I think that probably was a knock-on, but at the same time, those calls are lined ball every week. They get uh, you know called sometimes and others they don't. 
calls like that even out. Same uh, as the old head high last night, you know? Like, people get penalised for staying down. Johnny Sutton gets code. Next thing you know, they blow it. Last yeah. week, someone passed off the ground. They got penalised. Last night, there was about three of them that them got penalised. Yeah. So, you know, all these inconsistencies. At the end of the day, uh, I, I was pretty happy. We made less... I really enjoyed this game. I, I thought... Uh, and I said last week that I thought that if the Roosters won, they convinced me that they were a side that can, could compete. And that was probably an unfair thing to say. I, I should have said if they competed hard. And they, well, they really did. I, I thought... Uh, I mean, I'm going to punctuate one thing, though, and I'll say this. This is because, like I said, I'm ne- never going to be biased towards Melbourne. You put Jared Ray Hargraves and Sam Moe back in, yeah. I think they missed those two more than anyone. They well, put they those do, back obviously. in, they lacked a roll on it, and it showed. Because in that kind of wet weather, those two blokes are going to carry the ball forward. It affected Sonny Bill. He obviously didn't run so much, and Melbourne pressured him when he didn't tied him up. But twice he was forced into passing, and uh, they were both terrible. So Yeah. I... <laughs> there are... Uh... I don't think they're a side at the moment that could win the competition, put it that way, because I think Melbourne still aren't at their best form. Um, but they're definitely a better side than what I predicted that they would be at the start of the year. So I'm, I'm happy to eat my words on that. Uh, Trent Robertson has done a superb job with that team. They are disciplined. Um, their defensive structure and their defensive attitude is tremendous. It's second to none. It's right up there with uh, you know, your Melbourne Storm, your Manly's. Uh, and that's probably going to be the difference between them being outside the eight like I expected them to be and, and being well in the eight, which they're, they're going to be. So credit to that club. They they seem a happy bunch. They seem fairly confident. They are, you know, they, they're atta- trying to attack you at, at all points. Um, and as I said, their defence is great. So um, Melbourne were too good on the night. It was just a really good game of footy. I enjoyed it. Um, and... You know, we'll see what happens later in the year when they face each other again. Because if if you think that's going to be the last time those two teams come together, you're sadly mistaken. Mm. Well, that's the first game that Melbourne made less errors in their opposition, and it mm. showed we were 14-10 in that regard. Yeah. Uh, the other thing for me, offloads, meters, everything like that was dead even. But the big thing, Mitchell Pearce couldn't find the grass in that game, and Cooper Cronk the last few weeks has been mm. pretty poor, and I've been very disappointed with uh, Cooper's kicking game, but. Uh, he was under pressure a couple of times there, and he put in some absolute cracker kicks and put him straight on the turf. So, yeah. in one thing about wet weather football and having to turn around, I thought Melbourne probably did a better job at burying the Roosters in their own half. And uh, our outside back, CC Wunga, out of dummy half, had an absolutely outstanding game. Mm. Bobby Blair and O'Neill on that edge. Blair's been good without, Ma- without Mahe. Mm. I think at the moment they've almost got to consider leaving O'Neill well, on the wing and leaving Bobby Blair. Because, why would you leave bloody... Why would you put Mahir Fanua back in? But not even... You know, he, he's good at a dummy half as well, but our def- defensively, we look better on that edge, and that was our problem before. So I'm looking at Bobby Blair right Plus now. Plus the fact he makes three or four errors a game. If Mahir mm-hmm. is playing, your error count isn't uh, less than him. It's more yeah. than that. One big positive about Pierce not probably having the best game the other night, and this is the big thing. They've bought Maloney, which gives him help, because last year he's all oh, alone. Definitely. And Jake Friend's turned into a great player. He got another try assist the other night, and he's on the march, so... Yeah. They've now got players in their spine that are all contributing. They can switch off or have an off night and someone else will chip in. But yeah, I still think their 9-1 and one is the difference between them being a side that well, is going to compete and a side different. that's going to win the comp. They can't win the comp with Jake Friend at 9. I like Jake Friend at 9. They were in the grand final the other year with Jake Friend at 9. Yeah, and I'll still stand by that. But uh, for me, you know, he's adding that attacking dimension in. He's getting better. He's a great defender, good leader. I think Sheck going to fullback next year and someone else coming to the wing will be another factor. Getting out of dummy half, he shows you what he can do. I'd like to see him bringing the ball back, even though I thought Minicello, uh, you know, played a pretty good game. But 
Uh, at the end of the night, my, my biggest difference was those two front rowers. I would have loved to have seen full strength against us with uh, Moa and Jade Rhea Hargraves. Because in a game like that, I thought O'Donnell was pretty good, but Kennedy wasn't that great. And uh, it kind of kills their bench rotation too. I think those two guys have been the key to a lot of their success. And they come up against uh, a side in Melbourne, who are obviously very good at winning the middle. I uh, thought Cronk, really, really good the other night, back in form, just before Origin. Bloody thanks for that one, Cooper. Cameron Smith as well, very good. Uh, Bromwich and Rolls. Rolls has been outstanding off the bench this year. A lot of people don't like the bloke, but uh, I think he's been outstanding. And as far as the Roosters are concerned, I, I thought they were, you know, not like I said, not, not exactly outstanding, but they were there for the game. I thought they got a great contribution again from Sheck. Minicello was solid, and a couple of those forwards uh, tried to patch up, but uh, I still think those two front rowers are the difference between that game being even closer. Moving on to the third Saturday night game, obviously the Eagles were at Brookvale against the Raiders and this won another battle in the wet, finished up 16-10, which I thought was a fantastic effort by the Eagles, seeing as though they had such a short turnaround. Yeah, well, they, uh, I don't know how they ended up with 50-50 percentage of possession uh, because they just made fundamental errors. They uh, they looked like they were just trying to play Canberra into that game, inviting them to uh, to beat them, but... You know, where there's a, a will, there's a way, and somehow they found a way to win. Um, incredible. Yeah, well, 10 8, they were down at half time after the, the Raiders had a pretty quick start and they replied. Edric Lee obviously picked two out of the air like grapes. He's got the biggest arms in the world and a great leap. But 16 uh, 10 full time, they could have made it a lot easier for themselves. Jamie Lyon, none from four in, in weather like that. All he had to do was kick one of those and it puts him clear by an extra try. But he just couldn't seem to put anything over the post, and that that could have been a telling factor if Canberra could have got a bit warmed up. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Canberra just uh, look a little bit pop gun. They've probably gone back into their shell a little bit. Uh, Manly, they were well uh, below their best, but probably a point that we didn't cover, you know, coming out of the Melbourne game as well, is that Melbourne and Manly are backing up from a 90-minute performance on Monday and had to do it on the Saturday, so it even magnifies the, the performance of the Storm and the Sea Eagles even more for the fact that they, they probably would have got one, maybe two training sessions in um, in that turnaround between the Monday night games. So well, Manly said they only got a captain's run and they didn't actually train. Yeah, so. so, yeah, one session. That's all and they Melbourne would have in, had so. to travel back up, so you'd yeah. imagine they did most of the recovery during the week and not too much the draw the, the draw needs to be looked at. It's, just, it's a shambles to just carve up teams like Manly and Melbourne if anything, they should reward the teams that are successful with a longer uh, layoff. It's, you should, if you're going to reward anyone, should be the teams that are successful. Yeah, that, that's just my opinion. But the draw should just be even for everybody. Everybody is scheduling's a, a problem, joke. so can't do too much about that. As far as the, the well, TV not this year, but I mean, well, you can, you can. Well, you, they you, give you certain amount. Give, you can't give the teams that played on Monday uh, the game on the Saturday. It's ridiculous. Yeah, well, they, have, they should have to play either on the Monday again or on the Sunday. It would generally, Simple. like I said, they do look at that, but most of it's dictated by TV. Your most popular teams get your channel well, that's, that's rubbish. All, it just needs to be. These are the games you have out, to pick, so. pick from um, because player welfare has got to be well above that anyway. And I mean, look at the games that they that Channel 9 have selected. I mean, we got the stinker between, uh, you know, we had the stinker between the Cowboys and the Tigers on Friday night, and we had the uh, Storm and Roosters game on free to air. So the TV deal and, and what games they pick you know, uh, probably three months before the comp starts, they mean nothing by this stage of the season anyway. Yeah, so. I, I thought the the Raiders had some opportunities, but, you know, they weren't exactly crisp. I think that it's time for them to probably chuck Milford into a starting role. He, he can be an X-factor for them, and I think uh, he showed that the week before. I don't know what your thoughts on that are, but same as the hooking role. They've got to stop. Well, who do you punt to get him in? 
Well, McCrone has to go to nine, or McKillick has to start at nine, because to me, Berrigan and Buttress are not a hooker material. Well, we've said this. And they're not going to drop McCrone, so why are you fiddling around with your halves and putting a makeshift hooker in? At least the last two years. I know we've only run the podcast this year, but the fact that David Ferner puts Buttress and Berrigan in at nine over someone like McKillick, the bloke's got rocks in his head. I I don't know what he's thinking. Even McCrone. I think McCrone looks better than both those two at nine as well. McKillick at nine. He's going to be. He's a future test player if they treat him right and bring him up the right way. Because, I mean, he's he's made a couple of errors over the last couple of weeks, but um, you know he's going to do that. It's his first full season in, in grade. He needs a coach that's going to stick by him um, and look to develop him, not look to chop and change every week. It's the Canberra nine position is probably one of the most. Um, topsy-turvy in the competition. It just changes every week. Mm. Well, I thought Campo tried really hard again, and like I said, I'm still very, very surprised about how well he's come back. He put some absolute howling kicks in. Like he, they, were, they were Ricky Stewart-like. It reminded me back in the day. He had some mm. torpedoes going on the massive dropout. Papali killing Bura. Wow. You, you really wouldn't want to be Jamie Bura copping the end of that one, would you? Well, it's a long, years a long time in rugby league for Jamie Bura. This time mm. last year, he was in the New South Wales squad. Yeah, he can't even get uh, a run. He can't get a run for Manly, and he's getting that ice picked by uh, Josh Papali. So, yeah. tough times for Jamie Bura. But... Well, what, I'll tell you one thing I think they've got sorted out. I thought Jared Croker was a pretty solid player, but I wouldn't be moving White nor Ferguson at this point in time. I, I think can't. Croker on a wing, that's, that's where he's going to have to stay, I think, at this point in time. Well, I wouldn't pick him on a wing either. He's not a winger. But uh, I think, and I'm going to sound biased. Just keep him out. Big Vaughney, 140 metres off the bench again. He was their biggest metre gainer in the forwards, and he only got... Same know, again, same as McCurick. They just need to keep him in grade, develop him, um, you know, give him a kick in the backside when he needs it. When he doesn't, um, just give him love. Mm. I mean, these young kids, they've got thousands of them down well, there. They've got them banked up, that's not many, sure. uh, Not many seem to be coming through and really, um, you know, uh, putting a stamp on the NRL where they should be. Yeah, well, Cherry Evans and Foreign, again, yeah, uh, grabbing an assist apiece. Foreign's defence, absolutely ridiculous. Jamie Lyon gets a try, sets one up. They need to get that bloke more ball. I thought he's been pretty quiet this year. I don't know. Uh, you know, Matt has been in pretty good nick, but at the same time, you've got a weapon like Jamie Lyon. Feed him the pill. He showed it the other night. He makes the Wolfman look like an absolute champion every time he feeds the ball. Yeah, well, he's he's their most uh, influential attacking player, that's for sure. He's, mm. he's a guy that's going to get you a try, get you a line break, so... Uh, we, we probably said that we highlighted that earlier in the year that he's probably not getting en- enough balls what he's what he should be um, so it's a strange one mm. and the only other ones for me Matt Ballon again that bloke is an absolute weapon and I thought Watmau was pretty lonely in the forwards the other night uh, a lot of their forwards didn't really get uh, up to the standards they usually have but Watmau definitely took it to Canberra and, mm. and then turned uh, Dane Tillis into a punching bag and Dane Tillis got the first one off but he definitely didn't win the fight that's for sure <laughs> no he didn't the end of the day, you know, Manly was solid, great work, like you said, magnified by the short turnaround. Jamie Lyon, mate, get on the paddock, take the week, kick, yeah, some, kick some goals. Goals are goals. That's that's the game of footy. They knew that when they were playing. If they lost the game, they wouldn't have blamed goal kicking. It's just one of those things. So, mm-hmm. um, come the big games, he'll, he'll be right and he'll 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 kick well. Yeah, we're moving on now. Warriors, Newcastle on the Sunday. And uh, once again, this competition just makes absolutely no sense sometimes. Warriors, uh, Newcastle will get a win by 40. New Zealand get beat by 60. Turn up, flip result again, 28-12. I know Wayne Bennett was like, oh, I lost a couple of players in the second half. Yeah, the reshuffle hurts, but at the same time, you're an NRL side. They, they had opportunities in the first half. They never looked like they were going to win that game as far as I was concerned. It was a completely different side again. 
like we saw at the start of the year when they, they bloodbath the Tigers and then they got absolutely pounded the week after by men. They, they just seem to be well, so they can't play cold. away from home. No, they away really can't. Away from home, they're terrible. At home, they've they've lost one game in Golden Point. Mm. Uh, you know, away from home, their record stinks, basically. So uh, I don't know what to make of it. Maybe Wayne Bennett should go back and um, you know stop talking to the players. But the injuries that they did sustain were at a point where the game was slipping away from them anyway. Mm. It wasn't as though they were early in the game and influenced the result, I, I wouldn't think. Um, you know, Darius Boyd, they lost him when the game was over. So, uh, you know, obviously Iwate and Gagai got injured, but... Yeah, well, um, Gagai got, Gaga got a bit of a head knock. Iwate was probably with about 20 to go. Boyd was hurt earlier on the half, and he let that try in that Rapira got, and then they obviously yanked him with about 30 to go, but... You know, I've always kind of found that, I know they say reshuffling for outside backs is harder, but you don't lose a half, they don't lose a nine or ruin a forward rotation. It's usually easier to push back rows out these days to edges and try and cover things up, but yeah, they never look like they were going to, you know, take control of that game. You know, the scary thing for me is their most consistent player has a wing jersey on, that's James McManus. Yeah, he's a weapon. The bloke catches everything, scores at any opportunity he gets, and he gets in the dummy half, so I think that's his biggest problem right there. If you're turning up every week and saying, wow, my wing is my most consistent player, well, then you've definitely got a problem. I think that Robbie Rocco is probably another one who's been very consistent, but uh, he needed some help from the, the front rowers. And, and Snowden's been really good the last couple of weeks, but got caught up in a bit of crap on the weekend, obviously, which I really enjoyed, punching on with uh, Rusty Packer there. <laughs> good brew, ha-ha, until uh, Rusty got hugged by Mentoring and carried Snowden fired off a good one. Yeah. Chinned him while his teammate was holding him back. But uh, for me... I don't know, Mullen, a bit quiet again this week. Needed him to step up. I thought Tyron Roberts was probably the more industrious well, of the Mullen, two. Mullen, he was putting in these dinky little kicks. and yeah, just trying to, trying to pull yeah, something yeah. out of the bag. Um, it might have all stuck for him last week, but, uh, you know, games like that, they, they don't come around every week. So you've got to have your, uh, you know, your bread and butter stuff that you stick to. And Newcastle's attack was, was again, fairly pop-gun, fairly ordinary. Uh, and they just made errors at critical stages, gifted the Warriors ball inside their half, which you can't do, uh, and they, they just played the Warriors into that game pretty much. Well, you know I'm not a big Adam Cuthbertson fan, but I have to give him a wrap. I yeah, think he's right. been really good this year off the bench. Uh, Leilua, I think he's starting to look like a bit of a bargain boy. We know how good he was at the Roosters, and he had a good game. And young Alex McKinnon, one he stole from the Dragons, he obviously had a good game again. But, yeah. mate, the Warriors, Johnson, probably his best game. Yeah. Uh, Mateo as well. One of his best games. Simon Mannering grabbed one off Kevin Locke, who, even him, like, he hasn't been that great this year. Marnie was solid as well, I yeah, thought. Manu. Manu. Uh, Matt Alino, Lilliman, awesome contributions. They were super physical. They need to pretend that every week they're playing in New Zealand because when they go home, they're fine. Yeah. Whenever they come over here, though, when they come across the Dutch, mm. things seem to fall into the ditch. So Matt Elliott, I don't know what he has to do there. Maybe they have to take a page out of Cleary's book and stay here during the week a bit earlier to settle in. or I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if they need to bring some backdrops from like a movie scene and pretend that they've got the New Zealand mountains or drop by on them, but they need to do something because when they come over here, they can't seem to get they a need W. To just bloody accept the fact that half their games are in Australia. Mm. How about that? I know it probably um, does seem like a bit of a disadvantage to them, but at the same time, they've been doing it for years. Surely a lot of blokes never be acclimatised by now. Well, you'd think so. Mm. You would think so. I know, and probably half the side are Aussies, uh, half the team are Aussies anyway. So, you know, I mean, it's not like it's a New Zealand national team. Mm. Ridiculous. Yeah, well, like I said, I have to give them a wrap because they got absolutely smashed last week and they could have come home and put their tails between their legs. But like we said, one team gets bloodbathed, one bloodbathed on the side, and then the results flipped again. It's the Bulldogs all over again last week after a big win. So yeah. 
Uh, this comp is absolutely insane. Working besides out. those couple at the top that seem to be consistent every week. And then now they're going to go. They've got the dogs this week. Ah, sorry, they've got uh, South this week. Um, and South are missing a couple of players. It's just wouldn't shock me if um, you know the Knights go to ANZ Stadium and win. I just you can't pick it. No, you really can't pick very it. Very topsy turvy. That's for sure. Uh, the second game in good old sunny Mudgy, uh, the Eels got absolutely shellacked, forty-two to four by the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, great initiative. They they took a whole circus up there, trucks, advertising gear. They even took bloody Mark Warren, their commentator. They took everything they could, which uh, big ups to them. Country rugby league giving it some love, but I tell you what, they definitely didn't show it too much love on the field. No, they were awful. Uh, the Gold Coast. I don't take much out of that as a fan. Again, last time we played Parramatta, we probably our worst. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Performance of the year until last Friday night against the Broncos. But uh, even first half, I thought Tom had gifted us enough chances in the first half to, to probably uh, put them put them to the sword and... It took us till probably half an hour to go to, for the floodgates to really open. Um, I don't know what to make of Parramatta. They're, they seem to just be... They're a really young side, and, and Ricky Stewart in the press conference said that. He, he sort of said, you know, they're running out of gas, some of these younger younger kids, and that showed on the field for sure. Um, so how you then manage that with the fact that you don't have much depth anyway is going to be a difficult situation for him, um, especially heading into the back end of the season. But... They just need to take the suffering, don't they? Mm. I'll tell you who they missed. Young Kalepi Tunganor. He's you a can realise he, he wasn't gun. there, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. He I, was, I was, last he was week out. when he went off, um, I thought, well, that's that's big for us. That um, bloke, he just carries the ball a like player. a monster, regardless of what the score's been. But, you know, I, I just think, you know, I know they're tired, I know they're young, but still their attitude and defence later on in the game, especially, like I said, Chrissy Sandow, something has to happen there. I, I don't care if he has to do well, something in the, in the pre-season. Ten, ten tackles. You can't miss ten tackles. Twelve line breaks is probably the highest amount in a game this year, and a lot of them would have come on him. One thing I will give to you guys, though, I really, really enjoyed them finally getting to the edges. They've got two massive centres. Yeah. you got some big forwards. I thought you guys played really well to your edges in particular, and you picked on Sandow. You isolated their young centre, Pifferengi, and, you know, Takarangi had a great game. Yeah. He, he looked outstanding. Zilman had an absolute corker of a game as well. Yeah. And I thought Jamal Idris, he, these last four to five weeks, has really started to justify the coin and why he played for Australia and New South Wales in those, uh, you know, those games he got a couple of years ago. Yeah, well, it's four weeks in a row now for big Jamal. Yeah. Uh, so we're heading into the period where you've got to say that uh, it's now an expectation that he, he sort of maintains that form. Uh, it was even the big thing for me was the fact that you know, and I, I probably ripped into John Carwright last week, and I don't take anything that I said back. But it was good that he left Dave Taylor out of the side. Yep, uh, that was that was a great move. And I don't give a crap how much money he's on. Uh, leave him out of the side until he justifies his spot in the side. 
He's um, getting a start this week, so yeah. Well, he better, that's, he better, that's he not through his good now. form. That's because we've lost players to already. But he needs to step up this week well, and say, "This, you know, we're we're a bit low on troops. They're losing pretty much the whole back row. I'm going to take control. Yep. and be a leader." But I agree. I I think you guys have the best young halves in the comp too. We I, do. I, Cherry Evans and Foreign are outstanding, and they're young as well. But you guys are not far behind with Al, uh, Albert Kelly and Young Aiden Caesar. Well, they're the best two, yeah, young half combinations in the comp. Uh, I think Aiden Caesar has been a little bit pop gun this uh, he's season. He's kicking. Look at this kicking. His low jet kicks the last few weeks. Yeah. He seems to be trying to hit low lasers, and he keeps hitting the line. I think yeah. he needs to work on his radar a bit. That, that was one of the highlights of his game. But these low ones, they're not seeming to get the job done. I think maybe also sides probably targeting him a little bit more this year because Prince isn't there. Prince was probably the dominating kicker last year, so when Caesar did kick, he thought, oh, you know, what a, what a kick. But uh, now the sole responsibility probably lays on uh, Caesar's shoulder, especially for the long kicks. Um, and Kelly, like you said earlier, he, uh, he has been great for us this year. He, he runs the ball. He gives you that uh, little bit of flamboyance. He can offload. Uh, it's very similar to play to Preston Campbell. Mm. Very, very similar uh, in, in what he offers aside. Um, he's exciting. He, he chances his arm. Um, the only sort of downside to him is his, his size and defensively he can get found out a little bit. But with what he gives you in attack, at it, it, it where you know by he, miles, he lacks, he lacks nothing in effort though. That's nah, for sure. mate. He, he, as long as he can stay on the field, uh, you know, and behave himself and, and, and keep all that sorted, uh, he could be anything. He's a great young player. Well, these young Parramatta players, like I said, I'm not going to rip into them. They're, they're learning their way and they're doing the right thing by building it. But I thought Hayne was good. No, no surprises from them. Yeah, he had an assist in 200 mm. metres. He did start blowing up again, which I don't think is a great example for his teammates. No. You know, They're getting drubbed. But put yourself in that situation. I mean, I know. Param- you, you listen, talk to all the Parramatta fans. They're more frustrated than what Jared Hayne is. And yeah. Jared Hayne's actually got to run out there and put up with it every week. So. Moyen Moyen Manor, I thought they tried hard, 150 apiece. And uh, the other one for me, and he, he's been really good. I was a bit surprised the other week when they threw a lot of money at him. Jacob Loker, mm. that bloke can break a tackle. He gets heaps of traffic at him. They try and shut him down, and he just keeps pounding. When you on give him early side. ball on the outside shoulder of his opposite defender, he is—he can't stop him. But even his general carries, he's, he's just a monster, and he's had yeah. two knee recos. The young bloke, he's had a lot to overcome. So uh, good on him for justifying uh, the coin they've just re-signed him for. And hopefully, no more injuries going forward, and all these young kids at Parra can learn a thing or two for next year, and it's a better year, hopefully. Yeah, well, it seems like we're saying that every year. Mm. Well, the last game of the round, obviously, probably the biggest upset you'd have to think with uh, Paul Gallen being out, Michael Gordon being out, and then Luke Lewis pulling out, you'd sit there going, two Blues players and one Blues potential, yep. South should bloodbath them. But that wasn't the case. And in particular, we've already touched on it, their number one asset, Greg Inglis, just wrapped himself in cotton wool last night and decided not to try and put a stamp on that game. Wow, yeah, what a weird game. Uh, the the highlight for me was the running battle between Burgess and Fafita. They were just ripping into each other all night. I loved it. Um Georgie Burgess, he spilt the pill, looked like he was trying to uh, catch a keg of soap. Uh, I thought the South halves, they just they weren't playing straight at all. They were playing lateral. They made a lot of errors. They couldn't hold the ball for them no. to get involved. Uh, Isaac Luke, he was fairly ordinary. They just Three lacked, errors. Yeah, direction. Um, and just errors at key times and just gifted Cronulla the ball uh, in good areas of the field. So... Uh, and Cronulla, they, they scored tries similar to what the Bulldogs did against the Broncos, just barging yeah. straight over. Like, I'll tell you what, though. Michael McGuire, you're filthy about that. They're, they're that sort of team. But I absolutely love wet weather. So many, like, you look at grade players all the time, a lot of them don't embrace it, you know. Mm. The Sharks just, as soon it. as it rained, it went ghetto. They yeah. just went, yep, sweet as. Heinington, 
uh, went up and just grass cut somebody. Wade Graham, super aggressive. Fafita, Bakuya, he was massive last night. But all those guys... He seems to be fine in that form than he had at the start of last year. Well, he, he wasn't healthy. You know, a lot of people... Well, I'm not saying he was. I'm just saying he, he's yeah. starting to... You know, either get but I'm not, I'm not or get that headspace. I'm really not surprised that the Warriors tried to pick a player if he's standing up. He's someone I'd be happy to have yeah. at a place like Melbourne. Well, it depends but, on how much cash he's you know, uh, He was outstanding. For Fida, we've obviously mentioned, man of the match, 206 metres, 11 busts. Like, this bloke, for someone so tall, we usually find these big blokes struggle to have a bump or a lean. He looks like he's almost about to fall over. He leans in so well. But he's got great balance for a big man. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he was great. He was by far and away... Andrew Fafita, he, he was the man of the match in that game. Mm. Wow. Uh, 58 minutes, I think he played. Something ridiculous like that on a wet track. Uh, can't wait to see him go around in origin. Um, obviously, he's not my uh, he's not always my cup of tea, Andrew Fafita. I think he's he's got a little bit of dirt in his game, and uh, you know he can often get sidetracked by uh, you know the things that he doesn't need to be sidetracked by. But if he can keep that form up, keep his uh, nose out of trouble on the field, uh, he could be anything. Mm-hmm. Um, he's playing tremendous football, uh, and then he's throw Gallon Lewis back in that side. Gordon, at um, this point, but almost say like we had this conversation last night. They almost played better without them. I'd, quar- I'd quarantine Gallon yeah. the way things are going. The moment Gallon stopped playing, everyone else said, "Hey, I get to finally do something." But this is this is similar to Penrith when Penrith had uh, Lewis and Gordon, and they they were always in and out, in and out, in and out. Penrith had always played better without them. Mm. It's just a really strange thing. Well, they're a team. We had the moment. conversation. Uh, you know, last night about whether you know it's the fact that players stand back when those the key guys are in, and then obviously when they're out, they think, "Well, geez, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to pull my finger out." But um, hasn't Wade Graham come a long way since he's been at Cronulla? Shane Flanagan deserves a massive rap for the way he's brought him on. He's a tremendous young talent, uh, a real leader. I, he even made some real funny uh, comments to the referees last night, and just intelligent things to chip away at the referees and. He even got the referees to agree with him a couple of times, so you should you should get a gold medal for that. Yeah, well, even a few times people have mentioned that you know Laurie wanted a replacement for this side and they wanted a mobile forward, so you'd have to think saying that they'd have been looking more at a Sutton who can play a back row or a utility role or Wade Graham. Wade Graham's a former five eight; he's a mobile back row and he can cover a few positions. So he's somebody who definitely will be wearing a blue jersey in the future. I think he's one of our better young back rows, That's for sure. Yeah, Great definitely. leadership qualities, but Bo Champion, what a stinker he had last night. Oh, night, all of them. <laughs> you know, you know, the only real positive for me in that game was young Dylan Walker again, the eighteen-year-old yeah. centre who's a five-eight, and you know he plays another a multitude of positions. That kid is only small at the moment in first grade terms, but he he looked outstanding. Besides getting dominated once over the sideline, but yeah. he's only eighty kilos, ringing wet at the moment. So um, also Nathan Merritt. He played himself out of. Well, I didn't think he was play himself out of, but uh, you know, he just he, that was the reason why I and I know you're in the same boat that I didn't think he was ready for Origin or he's not that the Origin type player. I don't think he's not a good player, but he, oh, he's a good player, but he's not an Origin. He's player. a finisher and he's a dry track player. If you told me tomorrow that we needed somebody for Origin, and it was coming down as they said to him and. George Tafua. George Tafua is probably one of the best dummy half runners in the comp. Yeah. And a former fullback. So he's good under the high ball. He loves a bit of dirt work and he jams in. So all the little things that you tick in a tough game, I would have taken George Tafua any day yeah. over Merritt. Merritt can finish things off. He's a, a good player, but in the Origin Arena, it, it's a different breed. He, yeah, he's, he's not that dirty, kind of rough and tough player who's going to ruck it out and try and shut things down like George Tafua. But uh, one thing that bothered me from this game, obviously the Sutton shot, where was the penalty? 
and then subsequently they get penalised on the back of it. And then just the penalty count in general, 11-3. I didn't think that, uh, you know, there, there was anything too... There was a couple of high shots, yeah. The crusher was, you know, not the greatest thing in the world, but both rucks were pretty slow at times, but I just, I, you know, they just seemed to keep blowing in favour of the Sharks. I'm yeah. not saying that influenced the result. I still don't think South would won that game because the Sharks were just ruthless last night. They embraced enough. that wet-weather football. They really did, but um, I was just a bit bedazzled sometimes how much showing the whistle in favour of the Sharkies. I agree. I agree. I, yeah, it was, it was strange. The, the one for me, as I said, in the fast five was uh, the the no penalty with the John Sutton head high. I, I yeah. couldn't believe that. They looked at it and the referees were sort of laughing at the South players when they were appealing as if nothing happened in the tackle. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, well, like you said, Sharks definitely back on the rise. I think they need to quarantine Paul Gallon until they stop winning because yeah. at the moment uh, they're looking like a side that's going to be in the bottom of the eight again. And just a big rap to Todd Carney. I thought he really ramped up again last night in that kind of game and showed that uh, he's still someone to be considered for the sixth role if anyone gets injured or yeah. if Maloney doesn't perform. But, and no, uh, no Frills Robson. He was good as well. No Frills Robson. He's a great player. Yeah. But uh, what, what a great game. I really give the Sharks credit for that one. They deserved that yeah. win wholeheartedly. Maguire came out today and said that they deserved to lose that game and, and they, they did. hopefully lose some les- uh, learned some lessons. So yeah. uh, That's all the reviews of the games from this week. So now we'll do our Degenerate Gamble section. Having trouble keeping track of all the play movements and signings in the NRL? Want to know who your team has re-signed, who they gained and who they've lost for the next season? Well, check out www.zerotackle.com for all the latest news and rumours on the NRL. Zerotackle.com Alright, Degenerate Gambler's section this week is a short one as there's only four games, so Brock, run us through. Friday night kicks off the round for us. The Doggies, they're at home at ANZ Stadium. They take on the Dragons. Uh, Canterbury, $1.35. St. George, Illawarra, Three twenty-five, and the Dragons get an eight and a half uh, start. You well, fancy anyone in that one? Well, there's probably you know with Dugan and Cray, they've still got some quality players there. But you take Brett Morris out, and you take out their most effective player in Merrin. I'd have to go the Bulldogs. They're only missing Josh Morris, and they've got replacements. They've still got that Kiwi forward pack. So yeah, if uh, if it's wet, which I think it is predicted to be, um, Dogs. maybe yeah, maybe look at the Dragons with the eight and a half start. It's a fairly generous start. Uh, the game Saturday night there's only one Friday night game only one Saturday night game uh, this is also at ANZ Stadium in the South Sydney at home $1.45 Newcastle $2.90 and again Newcastle get a 7.5 start similar market to the one we just had Yeah, well, no Greg Inglis and no back rowers you'd have to think that Merritt would probably go to fullback they've got Walker Farrell they've got some depth of their own Justin Hunt I lose Teo you know. lose McQueen they're, they're, they they're, may lose Burgess with the suspension. Yeah, well, they said today he's probably going to get one match. So okay. you look yeah. at that; those three in that back row in particular, and their two biggest meter gainers are the Burgesses. So. And also, as we said with uh, Manly and Melbourne from last round, that uh, South have got a short turnaround. So mm. Monday to Saturday, um, for me, I, I wouldn't be backing South at the dollar forty. Uh, no. Maybe Newcastle with a twelve and a half start. I think seven and a half is a dollar ninety. Twelve and a half, you might get dollar fifty, something like that. So maybe well, that's the way to go. Well, if Sutton's not caught up and he's there he with is, Reynolds, he, is. he has and, been called. Him and, him and Josh Reynolds have been called up to play Origin. Yeah, well, if, if you know, if those two, if he was there with Reynolds, I'd have to be saying this is a real time for those two to take control without mm. GI and well, without those forwards. But this is going to be a real test in particular because if Burgess is out and George on his own, 
those two are the only ones consistently every week to lay a platform. There's yeah. not many other, just about none of the other forwards in that pack make over 100 metres. Well, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to make that my special for the week. I'm going to, uh, the special for the week this week is going to be Newcastle with seven and a half start, dollar ninety. That's uh, my special anyway. Sunday we go up to Skill Park. It's again a standalone Sunday game with the Gold Coast Titans at a dollar thirty. Take on the North Queensland Cowboys, three dollars fifty. Uh, the start is nine and a half to the Cowboys. Wow. Thurston, Tarmow, Scott, you know, there's a couple. Bowen's out now. There. Bowen's out with a knee. Tate's out. Tate on the wing. So, you know, they're, they've been fairly heavily depleted. Uh, Tarek Sims has to really step up this week. Tom Malola, there's a couple of blokes there. Yeah. Uh, Blake Leary, Ethan Lowe, they're looking for debuts. They probably won't, but I don't know. If, if you, looking at you guys, I still think you've got a little more NRL experience. Mm. Throughout that side, I think we should win. But even without geez. those couple there, though, like, there's players there that have been in your team all year or on the bench or started. So yeah. I, I'd be hoping that you guys would get the job done. But Ooh. at the same time, it's a huge game for us. Also, you know, I think uh, we've got a buy coming in the next couple of weeks. So if we can get back to back wins, yeah, yeah, it's almost a four point game for us. So uh, I'd like to think that we we should win the game. Put it that way, but uh, I. I Nine and a half. I don't know whether they're uh, we're going to be that convincing to, to cover the nine and a half. I'd like to think it will be. It'll save me um, more grey hairs on Sunday. But uh, the last game Monday night, uh, the Brisbane Broncos are at home to the New Zealand Warriors, and it's a dollar ninety each or two. The Broncos and the and the Warriors. And well, the Warriors have lost nobody, haven't they? For me, I'd be backing the Warriors. Dane Nielsen didn't get called no. in. Jacob Lilliman didn't get called up. They've got Papali as cover, and uh, obviously Brisbane have lost Daly Cherry Evans. Uh, so. Who have they lost? Thido, Thido Parker, Parker, Gillette, Hodges. They've lost four players right yeah, there. I'm back in New Zealand. I'd be, I'd be really laying in New Zealand. Maybe multi for me. New Zealand into. Uh, into Newcastle with seven and a half start, you get about three dollars fifty. I'd that. be more just looking at New Zealand straight, and if they can't back it up this way, well then for me, they know to just put a pen through themselves. Cause yeah, I've I've already got a pen through them, but that seems like New Zealand versus a reserve grade Broncos. So mm. um, you'd like to think that even though it's in uh, Australia, and I know the Warriors have to travel, but you'd like to think they're going to get the result in that one. Yeah, well, hopefully they back that one up because I'm going to have to try and recoup my losses from South Poor Effort last night. Mm, I'm with you. Mm. Well, that's the Genetic Gambler section, short and sharp, so now we'll do our fan forum. For all the latest rugby league gear, head into Leagues and Legends, now based at Shell Harbour, Mount Drew at Westfield and Campbelltown Mall Store. Or check them out online at www.nrlstore.com.au. Fifth and last listeners, you can receive free delivery on any 2013 adult NRL jersey. Be quick, jersey selling fast. Remember, www.nrlstore.com.au. Leagues and legends. Alrighty then, this week we're doing the fan forum again. So, Brock, what have we got? Alright, Grant Levy, he's asked uh, who would uh, we have added to the New South Wales squad to replace Gidley. Um, he thinks that John Sutton is a pretty bad selection. Obviously, hot off the press. Uh, here on Tuesday night, is that uh, John Sutton and Josh Reynolds have both been added to the New South Wales squad. So uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, obviously, like you just said to me a moment ago, Josh Reynolds probably there just in case John Sutton does have concussion or maybe they're trying to decide which one they want. But for me, uh, they were talking about leaning towards a more mobile pack. I was more keen on having the, the four-pronged forward attack so I would have been more happy to see maybe a Tarek Sims or a Wade Graham in there. But at the same time, I said last night, if they were going to pick somebody, uh, Sutton definitely, I don't think, is not such a bad choice. He can play in the halves and he can play back row. Yeah, I think we're probably a front row short. Uh, I'll be pretty keen to see either Woods or Grant. And if you're going to uh, go away from that, 
uh, you know, Tarek Sims was the obvious obvious one for me. Uh, and if I had to pick between Sutton and Josh Reynolds, I'd probably take Josh Reynolds, uh, only because I think he can cover nine, um, and he's uh, he can zip across the field. He's pretty aggressive in defence, um, whereas Johnny Sutton, um, when he plays 13, I don't, I don't think he's effective as, as what he is when he plays at six for South. So um, it's an interesting predicament. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that situation now um, before next uh, next Wednesday. Another question from John Healy. When kicking from inside your own half and the ball runs dead, why should you be rewarded with the opposing team taking a slow tap on the 20? Should be a tap on the 40. Mm. I've, had, uh, I've had a discussion with this about with a few people. I think the when the teams deliberately kick the ball dead on the full, I think the ball should come back to where the ball was kicked, similar to if you kick it out on the full. Uh, I'm not sure about that one. That's, that's more like a rugby union. Yeah, well, um, I, I, I don't say you can punish someone from out and absolutely smash one from his own half if they, you know they've tried to get one dropped. But but John uh, probably makes a decent point in saying yeah. that it's a slow tap, so it should just be you're, as soon as you get the ball back there, regardless yeah. of how you get it back there, you can tap it straight away. Yeah, um, as long as it's on the mark and as long as it's tapped properly and everyone's yeah, well, behind. I, I think I was, the, the I misconception with fans yeah. also this is the yeah, referee's problem. Yeah, well the other misconception is is that fans think a lot of fans and not all, um, but you know. Some fans think that when the player runs back and taps the ball, that's it. That's it. That's play on. You've got to be on Everyone side. has to be on side. Um, and you know, I've been at games where fans have just abused the hell out of referees, um, and it's clear that five or six blokes are still ambling back on side. So well, in old times, and we know this ourselves, being league players, you're supposed to get penalised if you yeah, take it a tap. Be a, it should side. be a scrum. So technically, no ref wants to buy that penalty though. So at the moment, what you're well, saying is, yeah. you know, technically illegal. But we had a, uh, I had a discussion with Bill Harrigan about a fortnight ago about that exactly, and he said to me that uh, the referees don't blow time on. So if you watch when uh, when a player runs up um, from, for, you know, to get a quick start at the twenty. Um, and he taps the ball and the players are offside, a lot of the time the referee pulls it back uh, because he hasn't actually blown the whistle for the restart of play. So, um, interesting one. That was one that slipped my guard. Chris Cox, he's asked, who at the Broncos um, does Peter Wallace have um, incriminating pictures of? Well, I don't know. Yeah, well, that's a pretty <laughs> fair call. Uh, like I said, I thought on the weekend, though, he was actually... Pretty good. They didn't get the pickies early on. When it got wet, he obviously drifted out of the game. But uh, supposedly the Panthers are still stepping up that beard 1.5 over three years. So they're pretty keen to get him home. But I don't exactly know why. Mm. I wouldn't be trying to get him home at this point in time. But uh, Brisbane, you know, they've got no one else there. So unfortunately, I think for the time being, you're going to have to grin and bear it. <laughs> it's a funny question. But yeah, Jason McGuire, do you think the Sharks play better when the workload is shared around the team and not one person like Gal trying to do all the work? Now, we've we've, uh, we've addressed that. Well, we this, totally yeah. agree with what you're saying, Jase. I'm kind of going to go, I'm not going to rip on Paul Gowan or say Paul Gowan's a bad player, but if you look at his numbers, they're outstanding and it's a lot of work, but it's almost like he bullies people into you know taking control. I don't know if people say, oh, they're first graders, but if you're Wade Graham or a younger bloke and Paul Gowan's going, get out of my way, you know, it's, I'm almost, out of the way. it's almost like, yeah, yeah I'm, getting out, I'm getting out. But as soon as yeah. he's disappeared... Pinnington, Graham, all these blokes are now like, oh, you know, let, let's get on the ball. We can get in. And they're, they're offering points of difference. Paul Gowan, no offence to him, most of the time is just crashing up and he does a great job and he's super effective and he's an absolute warrior. But, you know, I, I think he needs to learn something, that, you know, a little in the in the sense of Highmarsh where he used to do all the defence but in attack and share share the runs around a bit more because there's some players there with some fresher legs than his and 
probably give him a bit more longevity in the game. Yeah, look, and I'm also, I mean, I had I said this to you last night, if you have a look at the four games that they've won without Gallon, one was a golden point win. Last night uh, was a two-point win. Um, you know, the one against the Raiders the week before, that, that could have easily gone the other way. So it's not as though they're doing it easily uh, still without these the players. Done, they, oh, no, I know they're getting the job done. And, and these other players won't. If they were two from four in that period... Mm. People wouldn't be but, wouldn't be asking that question before he gets injured. I'm not saying he's the cause of everyone playing bad, but Heinington wasn't playing that great. Graham wasn't looking that great, and people were questioning Luke Lewis's amount of time on the ball on that edge. But the ball wasn't getting out there since this has kind of happened. Then Bakuya, Bakuya wasn't even getting can't the run. Blame that on Gallon. No, I'm just Gallon's saying that. clearly their best player. He is, but at the same time, I think he even needs to take a moment and kind of sit back and go, you know, I'm having twenty something carries, yeah, but are well, they all effective? Or are they I think all, that's a coach's responsibility. And coach then, needs to probably maybe sit him on the bench for 10 minutes a game. I'm not saying that's not on the bench, but he, he needs to... Yeah, but he's going to be fresh then for the 60 minutes. You don't need him on there. Yeah, I'm just stifling your attack, looking at that's it. what you're saying. They've got points of difference in their back row. Wade Graham, Bakuya, even though he's heading out. Lewis, these guys can all offer you something good in attack. I think he shoot, he may have 20, 22 carries in a game, which is all well and good, but even something like a Fafita wasn't as effective until Gallon's there, and that, those runs have been spread out a bit more. So yep. I think he needs to sit back and kind of look around and go, I don't need to do all the work. All right, moving on. Uh, Amy Palmer, how long before the Eels become premiership contenders? Can they do it under Ricky, and should they get rid of Jared Hayne? Well, they've already re-signed Jared Hayne for another two yep. years, so you're not going to see him disappear. Well, would we, if you were in a position where you could, could get rid of Jared Hayne, would you get rid of Jared Hayne? Not with the side they've got at the moment, no. no. But I wouldn't have paid no, as much as they supposedly did to keep him there. The two years was supposedly somewhere up I think around... He, he's heating up a little bit. The seven or eight mark. He's still a quality player. Mm. I think a lot of people just give him, you know, a lot of dirt or grief a lot of the time because they don't get wins. But if you watch a game and you look at the numbers, he's generally a pretty solid performer, but... I also think... Premiership uh, contenders, that won't be sorted out until they've got some juniors there yeah. to come through. They're putting some kids through now. Will Hopwider next year, I think, won't be great straight away, but he's still only a baby. He's a fantastic player, but uh, to build up NRL depth, build up a squad, uh, and with, with retaining talent as well, with players they're bringing through. Well, forget about a couple should of, they have got rid of Hayne. Mm. Should they have signed Sandow for the amount of money they signed him no. for? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I would have signed him, but not for Also, I mean, more. Matty Keating, massive coin. Darcy Lussick, massive coin. Yeah, that was another one. Um, you know, there's plenty of uh, recruitment decisions outside of Jared Hayne. I think you need to keep Hayne. He's like, it'd be like Benji Marshall or Robbie Farrow leaving the Tigers. He's almost the face of that franchise. It'd be like Barber walking out of the dogs. Whether you like it or not, Parramatta fans, the face of your franchise now is Jared Hayne. Uh, and you need to. I think they need to keep him there for as long as they possibly can. The Premiership contenders um, put a time. Premiership frame. contenders. Uh, for me, not for another at least I'm, two I'm or at three least, years. Oh, I'm more around the five mark, to be honest. Mm. Even if they bring Hopper Wade and these kind of guys in, they still don't have sufficient NRL depth at this point. In time. Well, you're going to get Norman. You're going to get your. your uh, you're going to get Hopper Wade. Um, Oh, I'm not sure. They've got these young kids, Kalepi, coming through. I think two years they could be a top eight team. Not this year, not next year, maybe the year after. Uh, and then maybe the year after that they can win it. Whenever you land in the eight, you're going to give yourself a chance. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's still a while away as far as I'm concerned. Getting in the eight or more around your time frame, mm-hmm. I think they'll be on the fringe of it next year if things go well, blooding these kids and getting Will yeah. and uh, you know the big prop coming mm-hmm. over and hot pulling out. but. At the same time, building up the junior base and getting a bit of NRL depth, I think that's going to take him a bit longer. Yeah, uh, and Adzo the Eel says, why would Parra get rid of Hayne as their star? 
And uh, where is Willie Tonga? Willie Tonga. Willie Tonga has an ongoing back problem at this point in time. Uh, at the same time, I, I really don't think they're going to be looking to hold on to him. I think he'll be one they'll be trying to cut the coin and uh, get back on the market next year. Especially now, it's not 100% confirmed yet, but we're hearing that Gareth Hock will be pulling the pin mm. and reneging on his deal. They've said, oh, he's just had a kid or he's got family issues. I'm hearing otherwise. I'm being told that Salford, who have just come into some money, have offered him absolute point. bank. So he's got no intentions of hopping on a plane and coming over here anymore. Yeah, and fair enough to it, but don't sign deals that you're not going to want to. But at the same time, it, it, this is a bit different than the Papali deal. This bloke's on the other side of the, of the world. You're not going to be flying over there and going, get on the plane, jerk. It's not happening. Oh, and uh, I've heard um, Matty Johns made a good point today. He said, why would you want someone that doesn't want to play for you? Exactly. Which is spot on. So at the same time, I've, if anything, I think they've kind of dodged a bullet. He's an older bloke. He's a bit of a risk. Well, I, I didn't like the signing when it when it happened. I so. liked the player, but at this point in his career, I, I don't think it was a good idea. I agree. The other younger front row, I'm a bit, uh, I've got more more of a open to Lee Mossett, but Gareth Hock at age 30, he's not the kind of bloke I'd be throwing big money at. Is that all we've got? That's all we've got, my friend. Alrighty then, well that's the fan forum done, so now I move on to Mr. Gossip. Now, it's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. The bloke who leaks more information than Julia, Julian Assange in WikiLeaks, Mr. Gossip. <laughs> G'day, lads. How are we? Good, buddy. What's going on? Oh, not much, mate. Not much. I've I got to say, I, um, I'm very excited about Origin next week. Well, yeah. It's finally here. It's, uh, it seems like it's come around pretty quick, but um, hopefully it comes around a little bit quicker. Only uh, eight sleeps to go, I think. So, not, not that I'm counting. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait, mate. Guys, look, I'll, I'll kick tonight off. It's, it's not good news for Eels fans. Now, I know I texted you boys uh, a couple of weeks ago about Hawk and how he doesn't want to go to Parramatta. Now, we saw on, on the Matty Jones um, footy show on, on Monday night, he mentioned it as well. Now, Gareth Hawk obviously signed that deal with the Eels. Now, he doesn't want to go to the Eels. Um, he's saying personal issues and all that rubbish, which is bullshit. Um, Salford read them off him a massive deal and uh, and that's why he wants to stay in England now obviously not good news to Parramatta after Papali also turned their back and now Hock as well um, I don't know boys what do you make of it? Uh, well I kind of agree with what they spoke about the other night if he doesn't want to come over here then you know, you're not going to go halfway around the world and force him to come and at the same time I think they, they might be dodging the bullet they're picking up a bloke who's almost 30 yeah. to come over here and try and stiffen up their side and he's not NRL tested and uh, on top of that, you know, you've just seen the true colours. If he's staying for big dollars, it's probably not the kind of person you want playing for your team. Look, it might be uh, it might be stating the obvious from my opinion. Like, I didn't like the signing to start with, uh, so I think I'm sort of on the similar line to Louis that I think they've dodged a bullet. But uh, Matty John's pretty much nailed it on the head. Like, if, if he doesn't want to play at the Eels, um, then you sort of don't want him at the Eels, you know? Um, you don't want a, a guy to come out here, play poor footy, and be paying him a, a truckload to do it, so... Uh, the sooner this is resolved, the better, and they can sort of go out and try and find someone else to fill that void for them. Yeah, maybe someone sent him some VHS tapes of Parramatta and how busted they're going. Yeah. He changed his mind. Yeah. yeah well, like you said, the old dollar <laughs> bill comes into mind, and he is an older bloke, so he did spend two years out on a cocaine band, so he's probably trying to revamp a bit of the cash he spent in the two years he wasn't making some coin. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, probably, he probably fell over with the amount of money that Parramatta offered him. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, that's it. Exactly. Salford have, have beaten that again, so yeah. that's why he wants to stay. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, also, guys, doesn't get any better for Parramatta, as I was saying. Hopawadi, I'm hearing he wants to get out as well, which is not good news for the Eels fans. Now, there is a, a, an issue with Dalichari Evans at Manly at the moment. Now, he was promised some third-party deals. They haven't been paid. Uh, his manager is fuming with that and has said, look, pay... Hey, Daly Cherry Evans now, or we go to Brisbane. Um, now, if he does go to Brisbane, now Manly going to have, you would think, cap room to keep Hopawadi over there. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Well, the NRL shouldn't allow that to happen. Like, I'll, I'll throw it out there. The NRL can't allow that to happen. It's Mickey Mouse at the moment. It's a joke. Contracts stand for nothing. If he signed a deal with, with Parramatta... He sees the deal out, otherwise he sits out. This it's ridiculous. Clubs, how are clubs supposed to improve? Like a club like Parramatta, how are they supposed to get better when every elite player that they sign just pulls out or reneges? Don't sign the contract in the first place. Well, you've also got to remember this isn't a contract signed this year. This was signed oh, the day he stopped to retain his services after two years out of the game. So if he's to do the backflip now, that's you know that's, that's well a that's a lot lower than what Papali or what Norman's done if he's pulling the pin now. It, it, I think it's all low. To be honest, it's just there's a line, and if you're reneging on a contract, it's unless you've got a very, very, very good reason to do it, it's well below that line for me. Yeah, well, we have a commission now. We have the capability to put something in place. So, like I said, it will be interesting to see what happens there, but I would say Manly are going to try and find the money. They're going to have to find the money to pay Daly Cherry Evans before he walks to Brisbane, whether it's just a cheap threat by his manager You'd like to hope so because, I mean, if you said to me right now, who would I rather, Cherry Evans or Will Hopawade? It's Cherry Evans, 100 yeah, out of 100. Why would you oh, Why would you want to break up Foreign and Cherry yeah, Evans? Foreign and Cherry Evans are the future of their team. I know Hopawade is a great player, but to have those two halves playing the way they do, they complement each other so well. You can build a team around that for the next 10 years easily. Is it a bit of the uh, Hopawade manly thing, you think, the name? Oh, well, uh, possibly. But look, at the end of the day, it's it's, it's going to be a domino effect. If 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 he doesn't re-sign with with them, then I mean, who knows? I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. Like you said, it's the, the commission's got to step in and, and, oh. and put some sort of rules in place. They can't renege on contracts. Well, I've been so pretty. Like, uh, yeah. I think I've been pretty fair to Dave Smith up until this point, but. I mean, this is uh, this is go time now, Dave, for the commission. They they can't let this to keep uh, or allow this to keep happening. No, absolutely not. Uh, moving on, boys. Luke Walsh, the Panthers have finally confirmed, confirmed he's off to St Helens on a two-year deal. Um, he's been in great form the past couple of weeks, um, young young Luke. So yeah, good pick up for St Helens. Yeah, well, we were only discussing uh, on the pod earlier that, uh, you know, it seems like as soon as that speculation came round and uh, it seemed like the, the deal was all but done, his form's just gone through the roof. So, uh, I mean, hopefully it can continue to the end of the year for Penrith's sake and probably uh, for Luke's sake. But, um, you know, all things are rosy at the Panthers at the moment. And I'm, I'm definitely not the bloke's biggest fan either, but at the same time, I don't think he had the support that he has now in a half in Isaac John that's able to play through the line and at the line and also Moylan at fullback who's offered ball play. So I think that's freed him up to do what he needs to do, which is his strengths of being an organiser in a kicking game. He doesn't yeah. have to run the ball anymore. Yeah, it's a good point. Now this is his, I think he's fifth 5'8 inside him in the past 12 months. So yeah, definitely. You've got, to, you, you've got to give the guy credit. Yeah, and he's probably been the only mainstay in the halves there as well. Yeah. So. 
you know, we saw the best of Luke Walsh uh, in 2010. I, I said this earlier as well. You know that he uh, he really led well, he led the Panthers to second on the ladder. I think that year. So um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, just stability around the club. I know that the club's probably been looking to get rid of him for the last 12 months. So seems that all halves sort of carry the burden if the side's not going well. So he's probably a victim of that. Yeah, for sure. Now, the Cowboys boys, they're hooker shopping at the moment. Uh, Nathan Fiend and Kevin Kingston are hot on their lists. Who would you choose? Oh, pretty straightforward, Kingston. I think. Kingston. Nathan Fiend is, you know, a, a good 20-minute bench hooker, but the, you've got to take into account, you know. He's a, he's a makeshift half. He's 34 years old. At least Kingston's got a couple of years left in him, and you want to talk about a crisp passing game and you've seen a bit of that running on the weekend that he had at Paro and they got sparked to that grand final. Uh, somebody shot out of the Dragons line. Kingston was onto that in a second went straight through and uh, set up Matty Moylan. So you think you could shake a few good years out of Kingston? Yeah, I would have thought Kingston, as I said earlier, uh, on last week and the week before's podcast, that, uh, you know, I can't believe Penrith letting Kingston go, but uh, they've obviously got their reasons and it seems like a perfect fit for the Cowboys. Um, their hooker, hooker spot at the moment is... Uh, that's a problem area for them, along with the former Thurston. But I think they've uh, both got a little bit to do with each other, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, the Panthers have also signed Luke Tate. Well, he's already at the club now. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's sort of been here, there and everywhere, Luke. Yeah, we saw him. Uh, yeah. We watched the game on Rabbitohs, Sunday afternoon. Titans, Brisbane. He, he scored a, a pretty cheap try, to be honest. It wasn't any fantastic. And then he threw a pick, so a bit of a mixed start. But... I watched him play for Redcliffe. He was going pretty well up there, but uh, they've got a pretty uh, gun side. They've got all the Brisbane juniors and Petro. So. He's a dollar dazzler, I think, uh, just to add a little bit of depth for the Panthers. I, I can't see any uh, other reason for it. He's not going to uh, win Penrith uh, at comp or get them in the eight, put it that way. No. Yeah, for sure. Well, the last one i got for tonight, boys, almost a swap I'm hearing, is that the Panthers are still chasing hard after Peter Wallace, the Penrith junior. Apparently they're offering him about $1.5 million, which is way over, I think, for Wallace at his age. But uh, the Broncos look like they're going to get the better of the deal. They're trying to chase uh, Isaac John. Now, I know I'd rather at my club. I'll tell you what, and this is just being blunt and honest, if they do that, they are stupid. Absolutely stupid. Even right now, I was about to say before, I don't want to play devil's advocate because I'm not Luke Walsh's biggest fan, but what they've put around him at the moment, and him only being 26-27, I really hope that him going to St. Helens and Sour, I was thinking was going to switch over, doesn't turn around to bite them on the backside. And that this, you know, this what they've got in front of them right now is what they need. So, But to get rid of John, after the way he's been playing, for Wallace, like, wow. Is, that, uh, is the deal that John's on only till the end of this year? Yeah, it's a one-year yeah. deal. Mm, yeah, so that's, that's a problem with a one-year deal and having a guy like him come over and perform the way he has. Uh, it then places you under pressure, probably to pay him overs to keep him. So At this um, point in time, you'd think after three NRL games, you'd sit down with him, offer him a bit more money, say that you want to build around him because he's only a young kid, yeah. and offer that. Like Instead of going $1.5 for a bloke who's going like a busted with four Queensland forwards, Justin Hodges, Hoffman, Norman all around him, and he yeah. still can't say he get excited about his football. So is it, does this seem that we've sort of, Penrith have gone away from the whole Marshall uh, angle and are now putting all their eggs into Wallace? Yep, absolutely. He will not go to Penrith. Benji doesn't want to play inside Soward. Um, okay. Also hearing that there's been a few whispers that Benji's been at the Bulldogs today with well. them, but yeah, but I, I think that's more so to do with... Um, 
he's got a crooked toe and they've got a, a specialist there at the Bulldogs. I think it might just be a medical thing, but, I mean, who knows? Okay. Yeah, strange one. It'll be interesting to see how that all pans out. Um, the only thing I could say on Penrith's behalf is it's that had just run true to their philosophy of trying to get as many local juniors back into their... Uh, ranks as possible, but still. Um, but uh, but from a from a, uh, a you know a neutral standpoint, I at the moment I'd have to keep John uh, rather than Wallace if I had to choose between one. That's for sure. But you've gone out of your way to get a bloke released from his contract, bring him back from England. He's a young kid. I'm, I'm agreeing he, with you. I'm he's not playing well. I'm just now, saying now you, you know, like, from their point of view, they want to get all these guys that they sh- you know probably should not but, have let go yeah, back. So at the same time, all this um, money they're trying to spend and build a site that's going against the philosophy. Yeah, Throwing right. 1.5 at a bloke who can't even get excited to play for you know yeah. possibly well, maybe maybe he wants to come home. I know his family's all still back here. And, um, who knows? Well, if you can't get excited playing for one of the clubs with the richest history, such as the Brisbane Broncos, in their short period of time, you shouldn't be playing football. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Give me the seven. I remember, boys, it might be because I got the flu and I'm sounding like shit, but a couple of years ago, when Sauer was in an origin, was Wallace inside him? I mean, not literally, of course. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> as, far, um, as far as that concerns, I don't think Julie. so. I think it was Wallace and Mullen. Okay. Yeah, well, when Sauer played, we won game two. And, Pierce. And who, I can't remember who the Harles were. It was Sauer yeah. and who? Him and Pierce, I think. Yeah. Pierce, Pierce has played, okay. like, I think, 11 games now, 10 games. He's been in for like, the last three or four series. Because uh, didn't Wallace, Wallace lost his spot in origin when he ruptured his testy? Yeah, he, he busted him. <laughs> 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 oh, Put the testicle. Yeah, I was about to say, he, he didn't bust it. He, <laughs> we, we, we all talk about busting nut. He didn't bust it in a positive way. That's pretty <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's all I've got from the gossip boys, but I tell you what, in I've got a cabbage award to give this week, and I'm, I'm going to give a cabbage award Excellent. every week, and this is in honour of Quade Cooper, who has the IQ of a cabbage. My cabbage award this week goes to JWH, why we're a Hargraves, in the last 10 seconds of that match of the weekend against the Storm. They go to the blind. He's got a runner on the inside and just does a no-look pass. That was terrible. So, do, do, you mean, do you mean SKD, not JWH? <laughs> oh, yes. Guess what, Lewis? Go on, little stuff. Yeah, yeah, got him. You get your own cabbage award tonight, Jeff. <laughs> 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 I about to say, Jared? They got JWH and SKDs and SBWs. Oh, I was going to say, if Jared's listening, I love Jared. Jared's a good bloke. I absolutely love him. He's I was in the cabbage a week before when he went nuts at Manly. That's all right. That 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 was to be applauded in my book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We gave him the Player of the Week award for knocking him. out George Bros. Hey. <laughs> 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 uh, I mean, would... This Colton Flute was a pretty good. <laughs> if he would have done the job properly, he wouldn't have had it. I was going to say, he must have had a couple of sherbets tonight. Forget that. <laughs> Deary me. Uh, he's, he's got JWH, SKD, SBW, oh. RTS, Roger Tuivasa-Shek. He's got them all over the shop. FPN, uh, Frank Paul Nuasala. Alrighty. We'll, uh, we'll jump into some tips. Uh, I've made a resurgence, a massive resurgence this week. You are very lucky the Sharks won last night. Otherwise, it was going to be very, very close. Um, you're still five ahead of me, but I've jumped ahead of Louis. Uh, you're on 60, I'm on 55, and Louis's on 54. So I'm not going to lie, I'm going, I'm going for broke now. Whatever you tip, I'm just tipping the opposite. At some point, I'm going to come up trumps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it seems to be working for you, you jerk, so I'm just going to jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, what about uh, if you picked? Uh, you were very close to picking the Warriors too, by uh, by memory. So yeah, um, well, wow. alrighty, game one, Friday night, Dogs versus the Dragons, ANZ Stadium. Uh, I'm going to tip the Dogs just because I think the Saints suck. Yeah, well, Josh Morris is the only one who's out for them, and they've got a game forward pack. Love the doggies, so uh, yeah, dogs for me. Yeah, doggies, bro. Doggies, bro. <laughs> doggies. All right, ANZ Stadium is the uh, venue for our Saturday night game as well. The uh, South Sydney Rabbitohs take on the Newcastle Knights. Now, uh, the Knights obviously a lot of withdrawals for this game due to origin. Uh, South probably um, a few more. So this one's a tough one, really tough one. Uh, I think Sam Burgess will be out. Um, John Sutton now has been caught up to New South Wales squad, so I'm not sure whether he'll be released. I'm going to tip the Knights in an upset. This one, I you know, I really don't want to pick it, to be honest, because I think if Sutton and Reynolds are there uh, with what they've got still around, they've got a bit of depth. Uh, I think they can get the job done. But at the same time, Newcastle, no Boyd, uh, no Uate, possibly. Um, I'm going to lead towards Newcastle. Newcastle. Yeah, I'm going to go to the Rabbits, boys. I stick style with the Rabbits at night. It's just they can't travel. Yeah. Well, yeah. They're hopeless away from home. We discussed that. And I can't believe I've tipped them away from home, but I have. Um, on Sunday, only one Sunday game, uh, up at Skill Park, the Titans against the Cowboys. Cowboys struggling. They lose uh, their best, probably three players, their two props and their halfback. I know the Titans have lost a lot of back rowers, uh, and they can't string two good performances together, but I have to stick with the Titans up, up at home. Well, I'll stick to what I said before. All the players that have come in for the Titans have been in the side this year and have a lot of NRL experience. So you're not really... I know you're losing a couple of rep players, but you're not losing much as far as debutants are going to blood anyone. So I'll go the Titans. Yeah, Jesus Idris has given me a stiffy at the moment. He's playing so, <laughs> yeah. so well. I'm going to go to the Titans 13-plus, boys. Wow. I hope yeah. you're right, mate. I hope you're right. Candice Burns. Uh, Monday night, last game of the round. Only a short round with the, the four games. The Broncos, they're at home. A depleted Broncos. Uh, they take on the New Zealand Warriors. Uh, the Warriors, they're very similar um, to a lot of sides at the moment. They're uh, very inconsistent. Um, however, with the amount of players that the Broncos have got out, a Monday night, uh, I'm going to back the Warriors. Yeah, well, sure, this one's a no-brainer. If there's one I'd be looking to load up on, it'd have to be the Warriors. They've lost no players. They've played one of their best games last week. Uh, they may have to travel, but no Hodges, Gillette, Parker, Thido. Like I said, Peter Wallace doesn't look like he even wants to play football. Last week, probably his best game of the year, but uh, a bit short on troops. Uh, the Warriors, this this has to be a win. Otherwise, I'd just you just get Matt Elliott and boot him out. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the Warriors, too, boys, just with those origin players out... This is the, like you said, this is their time to shine, the Warriors. So, uh, can they get two in a row? Let's hope they do. Well, you think about it. If they wanted to make any kind of resurgence or any kind of respectability and Elliot save his job, this origin period is a godsend for them because hopefully they're going to get a couple of teams missing players and they're going to be full strength. So if, if this is the time to strike while the iron's hot. Mm. Yeah, that's right, exactly. Alrighty then. Well, we've done everything we need to do, as always. Thank you, uh, WikiLeaks, Julian Assange, lookalike. You've done well. Thanks, guys. Keep. I'm going to go have a couple of sherbets now and get rid of this cold. That's Just right. for a, uh, the Peter Wallace, um, his first two games in Origin were his pass partner was Greg Bird. Wow. Oh, there Greg you Bird. go. Well, he was doomed to fail from the word go then. Played the first two games in 2008 and the first two games in 2009. So there you go. Alright, that's right. Yeah, Sarah must have been in there, what, 2010 or 2011? 2010. Uh, 2011, Yeah, it? 2011, I think. So, there you go. 
Yeah, all right, awesome. All right, thanks, lads. No worries, mate. Have a good week. No worries, mate. Have a good one. See you, champ. See you. Bye. As always, a very big thank you to Mr. Gossip. You can catch him on Facebook by heading up to the search bar and typing in NRL Gossip and also on Twitter at NRL Gossip. His link's also all over our page, the Fifth and Last podcast. So now we move into the wrap-up. Well, it's finally that time of year. Origin has arrived. Unfortunately, with Origin coming around, that means the shortened round. So it is suffering for all of us league lovers on the weekend with only half the amount of games. But very exciting and hopefully a New South Wales Blues series win on the cards after seven long years. I was 15 years old and in year nine. I am now 23. So it has been a very long time. And I imagine there's some parents out there with their kids who have been born and watched footy with their old mans and their family and have never seen the Blues win a series. So, fingers crossed, it's only around the corner. But as always, if you want to catch up with us, you can hit us up on our Facebook page. Obviously, head up to the search bar and type in 5th and Last Podcast. We'll be on there. On Twitter, we are at 5th and Last. That is the letter N, not the word and. And if you want to hit us on an email, send it to 5th and Last Podcast at Hotmail. Com. So, as always, this will be up on Podomatic and iTunes Wednesday available. So, share it, guys. Listen to it. Like us. And uh, make sure you get onto that question. If you pick the margin correct for the winner of the Origin game, you go into the draw if you've liked the page and got the margin correct to win the New South Wales retro jersey signed by the man MG himself. So, that wraps up another episode. iTunes, Podomatic. Get onto it and enjoy your rugby league, guys. Have a good week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.